Welcome to episode six of That Girl. I'm super excited for you to meet today's guest, Najla Alfredan. Najla has this calming, soothing personality. You are gonna love her. She has a wealth of knowledge on all different kinds of subjects. I think you're gonna learn a lot from today's episode, so stick around. Thank you so much for having me, Shafa. Najla, how are you? How is everything? Good, you know, Ramadan. Ramadan, it's really a moment for me where I get right, I get even more still and quiet and calm and with zen. And <laughs> I know you're not a morning person, so we made it in the afternoon, the shoot today. I appreciate that. Um, thank you for coming out. I know Ramadan is a challenging time. For the last couple of weeks, I've had, I'm, I'm calling it Ramadan brain. I, I, I really feel that. Ramadan brain. A little bit slower. I'm slow. I'm Tired. late for stuff. I'm, yeah, it's not like me. I know, I know, but you know, it's an opportunity to just slow down. Yeah. You know? And we're already halfway through. How fast is there it going? Oh, it's so fast. It's crazy. It's crazy how fast it's been going. <laughs> okay, Najla, before we get into our convo, I'm just going to give some context to our listeners sure. and viewers. Um, I have been wanting to sit down with you for a long time. We finally got to do our coffee about we did. a month ago. Really? A month ago? It's just gone so quick. I, I remember it was. Yeah, it was two weeks before Ramadan. And, you know, I almost wish there was a camera there for that first meeting. It was such a lovely conversation. (laughs) It really was. We ended it and we were like, that should have been shot. We talked about everything from relationships to work to business to family. To life to... The whole thing. It was just so natural. It was so organic. So I'm hoping that we can take it to the next level today yeah, in yeah, today's yeah. conversation. We definitely will. We definitely um, you know, I was reflecting after that our conversation, Najla. And I was thinking how different it is when women sit down for the first time and meet each other and men do. It's crazy, you know, we talk about so many things and I think we talk about things that are vulnerable. Yeah, we went there. We We got there and we went there and we spoke about, you know, as you mentioned, we spoke about love, we spoke about life, we spoke about relationships, hardships, moments of grief, you know, we we really went there and that was our first conversation. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I feel like for us women, we're all about what do you love? Who do you love? Who loves you? But men, when they sit down, it's more like, where do you work? What do you do? How much money do you make? It's a lot about the professional field, you know, yeah. and we're like, well, let's, 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 let's talk a little bit more. Let's talk about what's going on with you. So, Nadia, back to you, over to you now. You know, I've been seeing you on, on social media for a while now, and you have this very captivating personality. It's bohemian. It's mysterious. It's like, I want to get to know you more. Is that something that comes naturally to you or is that an image that you had for yourself that you've you've now become? You know, Shafa, it's it's not it's not a personality that I had in mind mm-hmm. that I became. It was actually that it really required me to work on myself a lot, mm-hmm. you know, to really go deep with myself, to explore myself. And so by doing that and by understanding that, I think I naturally just grew mm-hmm. into it. I yeah. think I naturally just grew into the person. Mm-hmm. I never had that image in mind. Mm-hmm. I just, what happened was... And, and is, it my, is my image accurate? 
You know, it's accurate to an extent. It's it's me naturally, but then at the same time, and I think that's really the 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 drop here. And I think that's what makes my content at least very meaningful to me is that it's vulnerable. Yeah. And that I'm very honest. Yeah. You know, Cheers I remember I remember I had this video that shined or that spoke about my issues that I was going through with my nerve pain. Yes. I you know? I and I, it was a very hard video for me to release mm-hmm. because it showed me crying and I wanted to communicate and I wanted to tell people that, you know, I, I am sometimes this calm and bohemian person, but then I do have my moments and that is normal and that is okay. And it's human. And it's human. You know, so my content tries to advocate for being human. Yeah. So going back to your point of the person that you've become, how much do you think your upbringing or growing up in the family that you've grown up in has shaped your personality? It's definitely shaped me in multiple ways. From a business perspective, you know, I grew up in a business environment. Mm -hmm. I would shadow my dad a lot when he would have meetings. From what age? Since since I was a young girl, you know, since I could remember. I remember going with him to the tennis. He used to be the president of the tennis confederation. So I remember, I remember sitting down. Actually, a, a funny story <laughs> that I wasn't gonna <laughs> share. Is that I remember I was, I think it was me in the tennis configuration and um, you know, he, since he was president, he would usually sit at the center. Mm-hmm. And in the finale, it's usually the sheikh, the emir at that time, was Sheikh Ahmed that would used to sit there. And I didn't know he might, that was not my dad at that point. <laughs> and so I accidentally sat on the sheikh's lap. So I was a baby, I was tiny at that point. But I would, I would shadow him a lot. I would go with him. To when did you find out that wasn't your dad? <laughs> It took me a while. It took me a minute. I think I had to turn around and realize, I don't think this is how this, this isn't him, you know? But I, um, I shadowed him a lot for a long time and I would go with him with his, to his business meetings. I would go to his work and just sit down with him and watch him. And the most thing that, that what that gave me was my sense of diplomacy. Mm-hmm. You know, my sense of diplomacy and, you know, the importance of making people feel comfortable and welcome and at ease. And I think that's the most thing that I learned from a business perspective is the importance importance of human relationships. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And on a personal perspective, you know, I, I am Western educated. I went to a British school and I went to an American school. I... I uh, studied in Boston for university. We talked about Boston last yeah, time. Yeah, you know, and so I think that definitely shaped how I am and who I am and the how way you I think, think, how I think 100%. And so I really see myself as kind of that bridge between East and West. And I would say what's an important keyword here is exposure to. Yeah, I've been exposed to all these places, all these people as well. That that's a huge one hundred percent. You know, so that definitely just showed me different viewpoints yeah. and different perspectives. And at the same time, I did grow up around a lot of very strong women. Yeah, you know, my mom, my sisters, the women in my family—they're very light-hearted but very bold yeah. and brave and courageous at the same time. Nadja, let me ask you something. Speaking about the women in your family, you have some sisters that are public profiles as yes. well. Do you ever have to deal with comparison? 
or is that something that bothers you or it's not it's not a big deal you know it's interesting we never dealt with that yeah. because we all have our individual personalities yes yeah. you know yeah. what i mean dana's the composer yeah. juju is the fitness you know very zen and jamaican kind of guru yeah. as well and me and juju are kind of in the same field but we practice different yeah you know, so you so never had to deal with that kind of. It never. never gets annoying in people's comments or anything. Not like that. at all. You know, if anything, beautiful. we complement each other. That's we beautiful. Really I love that. Compliment each we other. We complement each other. You you mentioned the word business. So your your business involves skincare. It does. Tell us a little bit how you got into, and I know you're into Ayurveda as well. How did you get into nutrition and, and beauty? I got into skincare. I got into nutrition through personal experiences. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably around. When I was 14 years old or 15 years old, and it was because I was going through um, issues such as obesity. I was much bigger when I was younger. I was constantly fatigued. I had a lot of digestive issues, and I started yo-yo dieting. Okay. And what would happen is, you know, when you yo-yo diet, mm-hmm. you lose a lot of weight, you gain a lot of weight, mm-hmm. you lose. And I didn't want that. I wanted something more sustainable. Mm-hmm. I wanted to enjoy food. I didn't want it to feel like it was something restrictive. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to learn a lot about nutrition and, mm-hmm. you know, the role of food. And I, in doing that, it kind was of Was that your own research or courses? Or? It was through my own research and courses, mm-hmm. you know. So throughout the course of, what, eight years, I was just learning a lot about nutrition, trying different things and seeing what works best with my body, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? And then a little, you know, a few years after when I went to Boston, I started to have issues with my skin. I started to get a lot of acne. Been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I still have those moments, you know, it's normal. But I realized that it had a lot to do, not necessarily with the products that I was using, but my digestion. Of course, yeah. And so that's how I got into gut health as well. Mm-hmm. And the most thing that I learned in this whole journey is that everything is related. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Have you read that book? The Is it The Gut-Brain Connection? I heard about it, but it's, I never read it. Put it on your list, Nanjala. It's a good one. I heard about it. Actually, I think a friend lended it to me. Yeah, so it, it's definitely it. like, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's a good book. So then you, you got into reading, you increased your knowledge, and then you turned it into a business. For our viewers and listeners who want to turn a, something that they're passionate into about into a business, how easy or how challenging is that? It's definitely challenging. You know, it's really not easy. I think there's this perception that it's just, you know, you love something, just do it. And that love and passion will be enough to see you through. You know, it's really a different reality, especially in the skincare industry or any industry that's quite niche or that's Mm -hmm. quite small. Because a lot goes into building a brand, building the brand image, building an awareness, you know, finding your competitive advantage, your competitive edge, um, you know, getting into the marketing of it, the operations, the logistics, the financials. It's a lot of details that you don't necessarily think about when and you've got to be on top of it. And of course you have to be on top of it, you yeah. know, and the reality here is that we do, this is a small market. Yeah, you know, we it's, always come back to that at every conversation. Yeah, it's a small market. And, you know, in skincare, it is a niche industry. And when there's a lot of players in the market, you're fighting for the same clientele, mm-hmm. you know, so there's a lot that goes into building a passion project. Someone that um, has not read as much as you or researched as much as you, any viewer that's got some challenging skin issues at the moment, acne or pimples, quick advice for them, Nachla. Acne and pimples specifically? 
100% the first thing that I say is your digestion. Mm-hmm. You have to stabilize your digestion. Mm-hmm. If you're eating a lot of foods that are causing inflammation from within, mm-hmm. there's no products that I can give you that's going to fix that. And yeah. I think that's my competitive edge with Kuros. I'm very honest mm-hmm. with people. When mm-hmm. they tell me, you know, acne something, I tell them I can't give you anything that's going to fix your acne if you don't fix your food. So would they need to go to a doctor or nutritionist at the beginning or do they keep a food diary or just analyze what's stressing their skin out? Well, the first thing is you can just clear. Clear the foods that cause inflammation, that Mm -hmm. cause a hormonal imbalance, and that is gluten, dairy, sugar, and alcohol. These four. Remove them. That's the first thing that I tell everyone. You heard it. Remove it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, where did the name Kiro come from? It was a term that I coined together that really summed up what I wanted Cura to be. And it's also my whole experience with nutrition, gut health, skincare. Tell us more. So Kokoro means mind, body, soul, spirit as one. Mm-hmm. In English, we look at these as separate. Mm-hmm. Is that in Japanese? Or in Japanese. Japanese. And Ki or Chi in ancient Chinese medicine is energy flow. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, what connects things together is energy. Mm-hmm. So I created the word Kyoro. I put it. I put these words together, which means that space and time where all of these things connect and become one. It's really and how it relates to the brand is we say it's not the it's not just the products that's going to influence your appearance. It's the products and your stress and your sleep yeah. and your mental health and your digestion and your gut health. And your nutrition and all of these things. Absolutely. You mentioned stress and, you know, one of the, the common terms people use these days is stress management. Yeah. I don't like the word stress management. Um, I feel like the word management is something that we use when we manage something of value to us. Right. Our time, our money. Right. Our, um, yeah. but, but stress, I want to eradicate it. I don't want to manage it. Yeah. So, and, and it's a lot... Um, easier said than done. Yeah. But do you have any tips for for um, stress? Yeah, for stress. I don't want to say managing stress, but containing it, eliminating it. You know, I think it's you really need to know your boundaries. Yeah. You know, you really need to know yourself and know when it is too much. Yes. You know, when I first started Kuro, I would be working day and night, and I would you know have really long hours, and at one point it was just deteriorating my my physical health and my mm-hmm. mental health and I think going through the pain that I go through now that I spoke about which is my chronic nerve pain mm-hmm. that really taught me to prioritize myself yeah you know that at the end of the day what matters is your health and my dad used to always tell me this he used yeah. to always tell me that at the end of the day that's all you have yeah you know I like that because you were saying then going back to managing your time saying no because I, I like to think of it there's a formula of stress as too many things to do not enough time and not enough energy. So yeah. if you're addressing your time and, and honoring your boundaries, yeah, you won't put yourself in such stressful situations. Yeah, that. you know, just really cut it, cut it off. You know, this is this is how much my body can tolerate. Yeah. Respect that. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, stand up for yourself and yeah. honor yourself. Um, Nejla, coming from a big business family and the family that, that you do, one of the biggest, biggest business families in the country, what was that like? You know, it's a very, um, it's a very honoring and humbling experience, and it was, an, it was an education in itself. Yeah. You know, because again, I, I did grow up in a business environment, and 
I did learn the importance of human relationships and human connections. And in my family, we don't view our, you know, we don't view employees or people that work for us just as that, mm-hmm. you know, we view them as human. We take care of them. We support them. Absolutely. We listen to them. Appreciate them. Appreciate them and really show them that. And what that does is it generates loyalty. Absolutely. I, I always say like just with a little bit of appreciation, you can get like 90% more out of that person with the the simplest gesture of appreciation. That's the thing. And when you're building a business or when you're building an empire, loyalty is very important. Absolutely. You know, so it's everything. It's everything. Right. So taking care of people is super important. And that's something that I learned being um, in this family as well as, you know, it's, it's very honoring that I've, I, I come from a family that really helped open up the country and really yeah. helped provide quality service in the country. Yeah. As well as I grew up again around very strong women, yeah. you know, that really helped shape who I am today. And for me, it's really a matter of continuing that. What are some of the biggest lessons you learned from your mom? Some of the biggest lessons I've learned from her, as well as my sisters, is, you know, be your own person. Yeah. You know, be, be yourself. Yeah. And be proud of that. Yeah. Be proud of you who own you it. are and own it, yeah. you know? And that really shines through in, in my sisters, you know, Donna being the first Qatari composer, female yeah. composer, yeah. Juju really just killing it in yeah. the fitness industry. And they really walked that path alone, yeah. you know, when they first started. Trailblazers. Yeah, you know, and that really inspired me to be my own person and own my sense of individuality. Beautiful. That's so beautiful. Najla, what are your thoughts on branching out, doing your own thing versus working for or in the family business? You know, Shifa, at the end of the day, my family is my heritage. You know, it's my blood. It's what I go back to. And for me, it's super important to go back to that. And I do have plans to go back to that and to support my family business and support my dad, most importantly, while still having my own sense of self, you know, while still building Najla. You know, I love what I do. I love... I love doing all of these light work. I love helping people. And I do that through education. I do that through um, Under the Sea, Moments yeah. Under the Sea, which is all about, about connection, yeah. right? But at the same time, I do have a, an obligation to really support my family business yeah. and continue the legacy. So it's for me, yeah. it's about both, balancing both. Yeah. And again, it goes back to what we mentioned before, planning your time. Plan your time. It's, exactly. it's up to you. What what you can do it if you want to, if you plan your time. Right. Sleep well, get enough energy, plan your hours, plan your days. It's all possible. Right. And that's exactly what I do. I have specific days for Cure and Under the Sea and then yeah. I have specific days Blocking for... Blocking your time. I yeah. block that. Absolutely. Yeah. As well, so your mind's not getting too confused right. with too many things. Exactly. Yeah. Um, let's talk about it. Under the Sea, what was the inspiration behind the game? How did it come about? What do you hope people to who play the game to get out of it? So Under the Sea came about in my curiosity, let's say, or my quest of understanding connection and loneliness. Yeah. And it came from my experience of loneliness during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I was feeling a, a great sense of loneliness at that time. And I started pondering about, you know, why am I feeling that way? And Despite living with your family and having your family around. And yeah, your you know, and 
when I thought about it, it was actually much deeper than I thought it was. Mm -hmm. And I went on a trip with a few friends of mine and we chatted and we started to ask each other questions that really brought about a shared human experience through a shared emotion. Mm -hmm. And so what I realized in that trip is that connection is birthed out of a place of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. It is when we are having these shared experiences that are bringing out a shared human emotion of happiness, of sorrow, of grief, mm-hmm. of loneliness, mm-hmm. of sadness. It's the bittersweet. It's yeah. the bitter emotions yeah. and the sweet ones yeah. as well, yeah. because that is the reality of the human experience. And so I created Under the Sea, well now Moments Under the Sea, to really bring about those shared experiences, to extract those shared emotions. And when I was writing the questions, I was thinking, what can I ask someone to bring that out? Mm-hmm. You know, What's your favorite question in the game? Oh my goodness, there are so many. But, favorite. Um, Top two. I would two. say... One question that just is always um, a question that brings about a lot of conversations, I would say, is share an instance where you are aware of but ignored red flags in a person. Oh, nice one. I love that one. one. That is a huge conversation. Yeah, because you can have that in every area of your life. I think people underestimate the pain that comes with um, a broken friendship. It's yeah. not just about romantic relationships, it's not. right? It's so really sometimes not. we ignore red flags in friendships too. Yeah. And we just brush off like friendships ending like they're nothing, but they can damage you for years to come. It really can. So that's a great question. It really can. And the reality is that you always know. Right? Yeah. It's yeah. just really a matter of trusting your intuition. You always know. It's, yeah, uh, I like that. Yeah. Um, Najla, what if, if your life was to be a movie? right now what type of movie would it be definitely a dramatic one (laughs) (laughs) definitely and a dramatic one um that is more towards some sort of a spiritual journey okay you know i definitely feel like i am going through some sort of a a spiritual transformation Mm -hmm. or a spiritual journey especially I would say this month of Ramadan always brings that out of me. Yeah. By the way, I'm loving these quotes that you're posting on your Instagram stories. Tell me about the book that you're reading. It's a beautiful book, actually. And I I told my friends, if you're going to do one thing this month, buy the book Mm -hmm. and give it to everyone you know. It's just such a beautiful book. It's called... Uh, That's an Oprah moment. Buy the book and give it to everyone. (laughs) Buy it and give it to everyone. But I think it's called Secrets of Divine Love, Exploring the Spiritual Heart of Islam. Mm -hmm. And it really just talks about this spirituality of Islam and the heart of it and the personality of it. And it really emphasizes intention, niya. It's everything. Intention above everything. You know, and it it really it really touched my heart yeah. as I'm as I'm reading it, and I already recommended it to a few people, and it's it's such a touching book. So I really recommend you to read it. I will. I, it might not happen this Ramadan. I've got too much going on, but I'm definitely enjoying your quotes, yeah, and I'll borrow I'll it from you. It. I'll, I'll borrow it from you I'll next time. Um, I I love that in your profile on your Instagram you describe that you love to be a storyteller of the human experience. Yeah. What is it that fascinates you or interests you the most about a human experience? You know, Shafat, it's everything. It's it's people. It's 
relationships, it's connections, it's loneliness, it's, you know, when I look at a person, I, I wonder what's happened to them to make them who they are today. And I want to know those stories and I want to know what are those shared emotions. And, you know, that the fact that I love stories and I love understanding the human experience, that's why Moments Under the Sea really was created. You know, the first time we met, you actually, you told me a bit about yourself and then you said to me, Shafa, so what's your story? I love to know people's stories because you can learn so much from people. And I think everything has a story. Like, I mean... How, how this place that we're sitting in got this color and how that painting got on the wall. Like every single thing has a story behind Everything it. Everything has a story. And, you know, that's really, and it's, it's the curiosity of knowing yeah. what people's stories are. That's where you find connection. You know, it's interesting, Nadja, because we come from a, a country or a part of the world where it doesn't encourage too much question answering. It does. Have you noticed that? I did. And I was brought up a completely different way. My mom had a book that she gave me when I was a kid, and it was called, I don't know if you know this book, A Thousand and One Question and Answers. No. And it's like, <laughs> who invented the telephone? How do, where do elephants go when they die? Like all these kind of questions. So I grew up with this, this mentality of always asking, always asking. Right. And then like, then growing up the second half of my life here, where it's not so much to encourage something. You can come across rude by asking too many questions. Right, so it's finding right, that right, balance, right. you know. It's so interesting. You know, I'm the exact same. I'm such a curious soul. Yeah. And, uh, and it's not out of being nosy. It's no, just like, it's just, you know, if the, the moment I always tell people, if I don't ask you any questions, it means I don't care. If I ask you questions, so that means I'm it means interested. It means that I want to know you. Yeah. Right? It means that I want to know your experiences i want to know what made you again who you yeah. are today and my dad always makes fun of me he always like oh, do you have a question today what's your question <laughs> i know you want to say I something know. i know you're dying to ask something <laughs> Nedjle, tell me what's coming up for you like we're in q2 now of 2022 um, any major plans for the rest of the year anything some major things you want to work on you know at the moment it's really just working on the business as Kuro and Moments Under the Sea, you know, yeah. really spreading a little bit more awareness to that and then stepping in a little bit into my family's business as well. Nejla, is that something you're going into for the first time, going back into the family business? Or? No, I've done it a few times. I kind of dipped my toes into jewelry a little bit and now I'm kind of dipping my toes into real estate. So it's... Uh, you know, I'm kind of taking my turns yeah. around. And then it's a good way to figure out what you like. And, you know, when you've done them all, and then you can see what you're going to go with long term. Exactly. You know, it's really just a matter of exploring. Najla, I wish you all the best Thank with 2022. So much, Looking forward to hanging out with you a lot more this year. Me too. We definitely need more conversations. <laughs> we won't stop. <laughs> we only stopped that day because you had somewhere had to, to go. Yeah. Yeah, the meeting. Nigel, where can um, anyone listening or um, watching us today find you? Where's the best place? You can find me in my Instagram, Nigel Alfredan. I share a lot of content and you can just reach out to me directly there. Good. Nigel, it's been lovely hanging out with you. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. And we'll see you really soon. Go home, rest and get your F-top.